from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Uh, Bomani Jones now joining us on the Easter Automotive Group Online. Bomani, what's going on, man? Y'all in the hall? Yeah, we're back in the hall in Greensboro. You're very familiar with this hall, are you not? Oh, oh, you're at the Coliseum. Okay, got you. That makes a lot more sense. That felt like y'all had planned to record the hotel room, but somebody had put, like, a coat hanger on the door. So oh, just, that looked like y'all were just downstairs. <laughs> no, no, no. We're by the, uh, we're, we're by the tournament's uh, greatest snack table. What was the last oh, ACC tournament you went to in Greensboro? I have not been as a working member in God knows how long. But I think the last time I went for a tournament itself may have been like 11, somewhere in there. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. They so got it's funny. Ice cream the, bars? Yeah, oh, yeah. No, the ice cream bars are right over there. Um, uh, the Choco, they ran out of Choco Tacos, but everybody will. I never saw Choco Tacos. Oh, they're back? Never oh, the Choco evidence. Tacos are back? All right. Well, you know what? It's my last night here. Maybe I do that. <laughs> uh, since we're in a, in a reminiscing mood, you – you kind of went viral locally and probably even more nationally, I guess, too, with the, your reference to the Yellow Man show that you saw at uh, – was it the Ritz or where was it? I think no, it was, was at, at the Lincoln, Lincoln Theater. Theater. It was at Lincoln Theater. But when I, was, when I was watching the clip and you were talking about concerts that you attended here, I was actually waiting for the T.I. show story to break out <laughs> on Game Theory. So I, I don't know if people know that or remember the T.I. story, do they? I don't think so. What had happened was T.I. played Cameron Indoor Stadium. And who were the openers? Was it TV on the radio? Like the, whoever opened or Death Cab for Cutie, it was somebody that you would listen to. Death Cab, <laughs> ha, yes. Franz Ferdinand, Franz Ferdinand and Death Cab played uh, Cameron around the same time. TV yes. on the radio, I think, was because uh, they were coming up at that point. So I think yeah. they were the opener. Yeah, no, no, no. It was definitely Death Cab for Cutie, which didn't make any sense as the opener for Ti. But this seemed to be very Duke. And anyway, <laughs> we go to see we we go to see Ti, and we in there. And I want to say twenty minutes into the show. Oh, by the way, we were also getting one verse per song, as I recall. All right? Like, right, that's when right, we were right. like, hey, 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 something don't seem right. And I want to say it was 20 minutes in that he took his shirt off. And I was like, oh, guys, we're done. He's not even sweating. Like, like this is <laughs> this is the sign that this is not going to be a long night. They were so mad at Duke. I remember there was a story in the Duke Chronicle about them wanting to get their money back, but they didn't want to offend his agency. So yeah. they just had to live with the reality that T.I. stole from them. <laughs> Not stole literally, just to be clear, because people sue about right. that stuff. But he definitely got the long end of that bargain. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I just remember you doing local radio and uh, wanting your money back. That's all you wanted I wanted my money. I want... started a Facebook group called T.I. Owes Me $25. Um, <laughs> I also recall something happened, and it was one of those collisions of Duke and Durham, shall we say? Ah, and, yes. And uh, I do recall that when it was time for us to leave, it was definitely quickly time to leave because Durham was looking for Duke, and I didn't want to be there when he found him. Gotcha, gotcha. Speaking of it's time to leave, um, yeah, look, man, the, the COVID year, NIL money, it, there's incentive for guys who don't look like they have NBA careers to stick around and make that NIL money here. In the case of North Carolina, would be Armando Baycott. If you're Hubert Davis... And this core group of Armando, 
RJ Davis, Caleb Love says, yeah, no, no, look, no, we, no, for real this time, we want to run it back. If you're Hubert, do you go, yeah, maybe not all of you? Yeah, it seems like this uh, particular collection of players does not need to remain intact in nope. that way. Like, I thought about it more when you were talking about the NIT, and on one level I was like, if they think they're too good for it, I disagree. But on the other level, some seasons need to be over. Yes. Right? Yes. Right? Sometimes sometimes everybody just needs to go home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I it from what I can gather, it sounds like they need to have some real hard conversations about this. Let's all run it back. Now, my question is, do all three of them want to run it back together? Are we positive that that's something that they would envision? I, I don't think that is the case. I don't though. see it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't see it. It's probably going to be at least one defection there. But the problem for for Hubert, and you and you keep asking people this question about who's going to come back and who isn't. It's like you have to have somebody better. In the case of Baycott, at least, yeah, you know what I mean. I don't. Do you think Baycott's problematic? Leadership potentially. Okay. I mean, because look, Bomani Jones joining us on the Easter Automotive Report line. On one hand, you around here. If if you were if you were still here and you were hanging around uh, the the programs, you'd, you'd like Armando because he's candid. Like he's always going to give you a candid answer. But sometimes he almost kind of gives the game away on himself. And last night, after they lost to Virginia, and it's pretty clear they went from a title contender to bust here. He's he was like, yeah, you know, the story of this. I'm paraphrasing. He said the story of this year was talking about last year, and he said y'all made it a story too. Whoa, 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 okay. Coaches can only do so much. If you recognize the stakes and you talk about how you want to be one of these Tar Heel greats, that was one thing, Joe, you pointed out, where he openly talked about Hubert's tenure, Sean May's tenure, and he wanted to join that. Well, there's a leadership aspect to that that this team seemed to have lacked behind the scenes. Yeah, I think that all seems to be appropriate. Like, it's one thing to learn how to do this job as a head coach. (laughs) Yeah, but what a strange set of year one circumstances that Hubert Davis wound up under from the, uh, I don't know, to, whoo, you almost won the national championship to the, uh, I don't know, again, right? Where does he go from here in getting this figured out? Because what you're talking about there in terms of the accountability and the likes, yeah, I mean, all this starts does come back to head coach at some point yep. and on some level. It does go to players, and, yeah, they got some things to figure out. But – the whole story on this is whether or not they got the right guy to run this program. Now, again, I've said this many times. Hubert Davis should have quit his job that Sunday morning after they beat Duke in the Final Four, never to return. No okay, about that. About that. And well, this is our last part of the conversation before we move on to the economics of the NFL and Lamar Jackson. This is a galaxy brain take. I understand this. But a year removed from what happened last year, we all had the jokes. We all enjoyed it, but on a on a kind of kind of like a low key level, was that the best thing to happen to John Shire and Duke in general for it to go that way for him last year? It might be. It does kind of like if they had won a national championship last year, and he's coming in this year. Yeah, I do agree with you that it would have been a little bit tougher for him. I think that now a it's fair like point. why you talk about last year's stuff? That was case problem. He's enjoying retirement. <laughs> like I got my own thing going on. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, dude, I'll ne- one thing I know, it would be great if they had took like some 40-point loss or something. If he just took his mic at a press conference once and was like, well, the one thing I know is it is impossible for me to ever have the most embarrassing loss in the history of this program. <laughs> that works. 
Bomani Jones, ESPN, HBO, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. That's Joe Vias. I'm Joe Giglio. All right, Bo. Uh, we, we have talked about collusion in the NFL before. Have you ever seen with such haste the number of teams to go find their sources and say, the Falcons will not be pursuing Lamar Jackson. The Panthers will not be pursuing Lamar Jackson. The, the commanders, the quarterback-starved commanders whoa, whoa, they got will Sam not Howell. be pursuing Lamar Jackson. All of these quarterback desperate teams were in a big hurry, Bo, to proclaim that they were not pursuing Lamar Jackson. There is something afoot there, Doctor, isn't there? They couldn't have picked a worse sampling of teams to be the ones to do this and make everybody say, what are you talking about? Like, two or three of them literally have no quarterback. Like, yes. the literally have no quarterback. Raiders, yeah, I forgot yeah, about the Raiders. Have no quarterback. <laughs> the Commandos literally have no quarterback. Then... At the time, oh, the Falcons literally have no quarterback. The, so that's four teams yeah. with literally no quarterback. Okay. Then you also had, I want to say, at least three of those teams who tried to get old nasty Deshaun Watson on their team when there was an opportunity to do so. And the reason mm. that this is so maddening is that let's separate all the the stuff from around Deshaun Watson, right? Lamar Jackson's better than him. Yes. Period. That's before we even get to the other stuff. So even if you're not talking about giving Jackson a fully guaranteed contract, if you assume Lamar Jackson's got a decent head on his shoulders, he recognizes if nobody's going to give him that guaranteed contract, then nobody's going to give him that guaranteed contract. So you can come in and just do better than the insulting offers that the Ravens reportedly made, and you can get in. I just... Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. Your heart, it's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice. It looks like collusion because, honestly, otherwise it doesn't make any sense. Like, I'll just say this to Arthur Blank, okay? I know maybe you got some PTSD, but this one ain't fighting dogs. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know some people say that one of them reminds you of the other. I get that completely, and you might be a little shook up about how that won't, how that'll go. I don't think there's yeah. some fighting dogs on the weekend, man. I mean, look, no. I could be wrong, just to be clear. But well, isn't he is. Bomani Jones, uh, Game Theory on HBO, uh, new episode tonight, 26 years old, former MVP. Bo, what are we missing? Is it as simple as the biggest mistake Lamar Jackson made is that he doesn't have an agent, that he's trying to do this on his own? I think that's a big part of it, but the question becomes what part of it is interfering. Like, do we think – because an agent is incentivized to make a deal, so he would have gotten a deal. The question Mm -hmm. is could the agent – 
assuming he really wants a fully guaranteed contract, which we keep assuming, but we honestly don't know because none of us talk to his people, right? Yeah. They got in touch with Stephen A. Smith and said they never asked for a fully guaranteed contract. So we don't necessarily know that. But let's say for the sake of argument that that's what he wants. The agent argument in part is that the agent would be able to get you to understand that's just not going to happen. Now, maybe he's so hard-headed that he would think that he could make it happen, but that's where the agent could come in handy. All the same, I would think if I was one of these other teams, if he doesn't have an agent, we could come in here and, like, and, you know, fleece him. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like, I would be, that would excite me. It's like, ooh, we could run a game on them. Yeah. So this gets to the fully guaranteed part, but Bonnie Jones joining us. And this and look, I don't have the I don't have the capacity to to understand the ins and outs of the salary cap. And I'm very much of the opinion that the salary cap is like birds. They're not real. Uh, you can you can finesse it in any number of ways. If you want to give somebody the money, you'll find a way to give that person the money and make it work within the cap. So this gets to the fully guaranteed part. Isn't that the isn't that the problem? That the Cleveland Browns broke the code straight up. You got instances of owners here in the last couple of years where they break ranks. You got Dan Snyder and all the ways he's using his team as his own personal piggy bank. And you got Jimmy Haslam who continues to do things that will rankle other owners. And by giving Deshaun Watson that, because the quarterback market's its own thing. It's almost like the greatest Ponzi scheme in sports right now. It's like a straight line, man, the quarterback market. Everybody else, they can kind of keep it what it is. But the quarterback market keeps going up where Daniel Jones is making $42 million a year. So... What is the end game for this? Can you envision a scenario where the NFL gets rid of quarterbacks as a part of the salary cap? And it almost becomes like a soccer model where you can, you know, like they do in European soccer, buy a quarterback at whatever it is you want to give them and go from there. No, the reason I don't think that'll ever happen is I do think that this league is sincerely concerned with competitive balance in a way that is different than the other leagues are, right? Like, I don't think it's a lip service sort of situation, and they've got a set of circumstances that allows them to have more competitive balance, namely that there's no local television deals, so your Mm -hmm. market size does not really dictate, you know, what kind of money you bring in on that level. Yeah, The thing that I think that's worth keeping in mind about the guaranteed contract and where it could affect competitive balance and why I could, if you're looking for a non-nefarious reason to look at what the owners are doing, Mm -hmm. if you guarantee money in a contract, you have to have it in cash to put in escrow, right? Like history has shown the players that you can't just assume they're going to have the money later. Like when, Mm -hmm. so that 200 something million dollars for Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Haslam had to be able to put that in escrow. When mm-hmm. the Raiders traded Khalil Mack, it was widely believed that the issue at the time was they did not have the cash to put into escrow to be able to fully guarantee the money, right? Like, I don't know if anybody definitively said that, but that was a hypothesis that I never saw anybody could actually refute. So what okay. you could have is a circumstance where if Watson wants all this money guaranteed, you would have a much more has and has not situation because just not everybody has a couple hundred million dollars in cash laying around to be able to make the guarantees as they need them. Yeah. If that's the case, I could kind of get where the owners are coming from. However, what I don't get is this. A, you would generally think they'd be like a Jimmy Haslam in the group who would just decide to break rank and do this. And sure. two, I don't mean to sound like terribly callous, but Arthur Blank is one of these owners. Um, Stephen Ross, he's one of the owners that was getting in on this uh, situation here with Watson. And mm-hmm. uh, even let's go ahead and throw the commandos in there, right? Well, you can you can throw in the David Panthers. Tepper and the Panthers no, no, with, no, with no, Deshaun no, no, Watson. No, I'm going to make a different point. Oh, okay. Is, 
gave you, Stephen Ross, and Arthur Blank, members of the silent generation, not even boomers. <laughs> what right. you so worried about the future for? Right. <laughs> I guess. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't like, 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 yo, what, what's going to happen the next time that I need to sign a big-time quarterback? <laughs> hey, look, I mean, I'm, I mean, you're right. It could be tough. It could be. You're saying or, they have or, to eat over here in the uh, VIP yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah. When, you, when you come to the ACC tournament in Greensboro, you do really get to see who's still riding for those teams in the 70s. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, though, but it might, I mean, it might not be nothing that some of these gentlemen even need to be concerned with. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And uh, maybe there's even a deeper conversation about and we see this with the commanders. And, again, we can table this conversation for later. It's like Daniel Snyder wants, what, like $7 billion for his football team? At some point, there's there's only so many billionaires who, A, have the money, like David Tepper did to pay cash for the Carolina Panthers. And then, two, of the billionaires that do exist, how many of them give a damn about sports and owning a team? But so counterpoint, more billionaires than ever. And as they are now billionaires, they will continue to be more times over billionaires. We are moving yeah. to a society that just has a distribution for those of you who are watching where the income is just going to be a lot of people with nothing more than it should be with a whole lot and very few into that mythical middle class notion. So I think Didn't that's read- what they're betting on. Yeah. Didn't we read this in history books? I feel like I've heard this stuff before. It's It's in theory, it's the kind of stuff that makes people burn things down. Huh. In application, that's not going to happen. No, it's not. Bye-bye, Jones. Game theory. Uh, what do you got coming up tonight? Oh, man, in a very similar vein. We are talking about billionaire owners in baseball, how they don't spend more money, and I'm going to shame them for that very thing. Also, my man Dominique Fosworth will join us. We're talking a little bit about uh, Ja Morant. And a little something that happened on ESPN that some of you may have seen on television. Is your uh, your text buddy? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Your text buddy. Got it. All right, man. We'll watch. We'll talk to you later. Be easy.